0: Coming up today, what can an ancient personality test tell us about the way we do creative work? Welcome to Morning Creative. I'm Mark Stedman and I am an Enneagram type 9. More on that uh, in a bit. Now, years ago on a, a podcast that I used to do with my friends, uh, one of my uh, one of my good friends Danny told a story about being in one of these interminable sort of I think it was a Team building kind of exercise, and one of the things that they got people to do was figure out what type of frog they were. If they're a red frog, then they're go getting and dynamic, if they're a green frog, then maybe they're a bit more conciliatory, whatever. And he was quite disruptive. <laughs> In, in that session, from what I understand, and sort of asked his boss, can I not go to that anymore, please? Because he didn't like to be put in a box. Now, that's probably a personality trait that we'll get into. But it is interesting, because I think we are going to talk today about a particular personality typing mechanism. It is effectively, it is an ancient device that has a graphical representation, which we're not going to talk about today. It's a big circle with nine different types on it and those types interconnect and there's a whole star that interconnects them. It's not helpful to to talk about it in, in this kind of medium, but there is, I think, a fair amount that we can learn from this or that it is at least worth investigating. Because I think, or there's at least a possibility that not all of this personality typing stuff is bunkum. I think some of it is, maybe, but also I want us to keep an open mind. And so I don't, I'm not an expert in this stuff. There are people that I know that are far more expert in this. But I think it's worth us exploring because there are ways in which this stuff can help us with our creative work. And that's entirely the point of what we're doing here, right? So what is this thing I'm talking about? I'm talking about something called the Enneagram, which is an ancient personality test that can provide insights into our motivation, uh, our fears, and the way we behave in the world and with other people. As I said, there are nine types. Uh, Each has got its own characteristics uh, and its own uh, tendencies. And I'm going to go through them not necessarily in a way for you to go straight away, that's me, like that resonates with, with me, I'm this colour frog, but instead to maybe peek a bit of curiosity and see if it's something you want to dive into a little bit more. Um, because there is a there is a very great danger here in an ignorant person like me looking at a few things and going, this person is this type, and it's like this stuff. Typing can take a long time, you know, figuring this stuff out, and so what I think is useful is giving us a broad spectrum so we can... Then, see if you 're like, "Oh, that is actually interesting," and dive a bit deeper so each type, uh, as well as having its different char- uh, characteristics, it also has different strengths and areas for growth, and knowing your type can help you find blind spots and also collaborate with people as well, because this is all really about interconnection and and how we how we do stuff together, and it can even help you understand where you might have creative blocks as well so we 'll dig into some of that, but for now. Let's have a look at these nine types. And I'm going to be really broad and not that specific. I'm condensing a lot of stuff, like like a lot of stuff, down into these nine things. So if it feels oversimplistic to you, that's down to me and me trying to do this in under 20 minutes rather than it being a blunt tool, because I've done enough of this stuff and spoken to enough people that I actually do think there's something in this, which is the whole reason I'm bringing it to you now. So let's take a whistle-stop tour through the nine types then. We're going to start with type one, the perfectionist. Uh, This is someone who's driven by a desire for integrity and improvement. They've got a strong sense of right and wrong, they strive to live up to their own high standards. They've got a high bar, and they're always trying to live up to that. And they can perhaps get a bit upset with themselves and with others if they don't meet that bar. They're often highly self-disciplined uh, and organised, and ultimately they want to make the world a better place. So if uh, we think about this through the lens of creativity, then, stuff that the uh, perfectionist might uh, be good at is stuff that needs attention to detail, right? It's things that need uh, a strong or have a strong sense of aesthetic to them. So this could be graphic design, illustration, architecture, fashion design, kind of a formula here is like integrity plus high standards equals work that is of high quality and precision. So number two, we have the helper, which is someone who's generous, caring, and empathetic. And at this point, I do want to make the point that a lot of these can feel like, if you're thinking about these from your your own point of view, you might think, well, that applies to me, or I want that to apply to me. So surely this applies to everyone, but actually, as we dig into some of the other types, you'll find that's not necessarily the case. So the helper, generous, uh, caring, and empathetic, um, they often put the needs of other people uh, above their own. They're really good at nurturing relationships and providing emotional uh, support to people, but they do have difficulty or can have difficulty setting boundaries and they find fulfillment in being of service to others. So if we think about this in terms of creativity, this might involve things like counseling, social work, teaching, coaching, uh, and so work, creative work that supports the needs of others. So uh, this gets us into a little bit uh, into my my type as well, which we'll talk about in a bit, where the work itself is is actually about service. It's about what you can do as opposed to the, the art form itself. So number three then, the achiever. This is someone who's driven by a desire for success and recognition. Uh, they can be competitive and focused on achieving their goals. Uh, they've got a fear of failure and not being seen as successful. They're motivated by a need for validation and admiration as well. And they find fulfillment in smashing through tasks and being recognized for their hard work. So the kind of work that we might see someone in this field get into, stuff like marketing and advertising, public relations, entrepreneurship, I think would be a big one event planning, sales. It's some interpersonal stuff there, as you can see. Now, these aren't all, like I've kind of been saying, these aren't all exclusive traits. There's always going to be overlap, especially in the creative fields as well that that I'm I'm trying to bring to these. There's always going to be overlap in terms of traits between some of these types, because that's just, it's human nature. Uh, Okay. So uh, number four, then the individualist This is someone who often expresses themselves through creativity. They tend to be introspective, sensitive, and perhaps emotional. There's a deep need to be understood and to connect with the big feelings inside them. They're intuitive, compassionate, and really insightful, and they find fulfillment in expressing their individuality and finding meaning in their own personal experiences. So creativity-wise, I mean, this is the big one, right? You know, it's painting, writing, poetry, music, acting and performing arts, photography, creative writing, film and video. Not necessarily, as we'll get into, in sort of directorial or leadership roles, but absolutely in the in the making. Number five, then, the investigator. They can be introverted and may prefer spending time alone to recharge their batteries. They can be intense and maybe a little bit detached at times, but they bring depth and insight into their pursuits, which I guess comes from that sense of of maybe being a little intense. And they find fulfilment in expanding their knowledge and gaining expertise in the areas that interest them. So creativity or creative-wise, we might be talking about research and problem-solving type things. Possibly more technical, maybe coding, I'm kind of thinking. that. That's sort of me thinking uh, here that 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 might be a field. Some of this I'm being a little bit stereotypical of, but again, I'm trying to paint with as broad a brush as possible just so that we can get through the nine uh, and get through the rest of our day, right? (laughs) So number six, the loyalist. Uh, This is someone who's constantly seeking security and guidance, They're highly committed, and they're loyal to their beliefs and their relationships. They can often experience fear and anxiety, and they seek support and assurance from others. And they find fulfillment in being prepared and reliable. So creative fields here might involve copywriting, project management, brand management, maybe, and communication. Number seven, the enthusiast. This is someone who is perhaps a natural social butterfly. They've got a love for adventure, for excitement and really wild things, if I'm going to quote uh, Douglas Adams. Um, they're optimistic, uh, spontaneous and energetic. And they can struggle with staying focused maybe and perhaps following through on commitments. I know I can certainly uh, identify with that. And their fear of missing out can perhaps lead to overcommitting and spreading themselves too thin. Also, cosine. Uh, creative wise, then these might be people in marketing and advertising, public relations, entrepreneurship. Again, I think there's a, a natural people skill thing there that might lend themselves to lots of people focused, uh, work. Number eight, the challenger. These are people with, or tend to have a need for control and independence. They are natural leaders who aren't necessarily afraid to make tough decisions. They're confident, self-reliant and assertive. Wouldn't that be nice? They can be confrontational and may dominate or intimidate others. They can find fulfillment in taking on challenges, standing up for what they believe in and advocating for others. And then in creative fields, we might have things that are more do- directorial here. So a film director, a, 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 a theater director, you know, I'm wondering even maybe something like casting, because there's that element of of control there production as well, working on as in being a film producer, because uh, that's quite a, a big leadership role. So I, I feel like in creative fields, that tends to be where perhaps an eight might uh, might nestle themselves quite nicely. And then finally, we get to my particular type, as I have been typed, having taken a couple of tests. Number nine, the peacemaker. Uh, this is someone with a need for inner and outer peace. They've a natural ability to empathize with others and to see different perspectives. They're good mediators uh, and diplomats. Uh, they can be uh, indecisive and avoid conflict. Ding, 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 five points to Gryffindor. They often prioritise maintaining peace over addressing their own needs. And then creative, creative fields, again, like I was talking earlier about, uh, I think it was type three, about work that is supportive in some way. So this could be creative writing and storytelling, art therapy, music therapy, expressive arts, interior design, uh, and inclusive event planning. All of that stuff is around... How can we make spaces or things to make life easier for other people? It's kind of thing. You know, this is an act of service, if you like. You know, I'm not just doing a comedy show with with my friends. So, like I said before, and I want to reiterate, these are not boxes to put us in. That said, if you do go through a typing uh, test uh, or you speak with someone at another... Uh, a you know, really good way of doing this is not necessarily taking an automated test, but actually sitting with someone who does this as part of their work and they can help you discover what your type is. And once you've found your type, it can be helpful as a way of asking questions of yourself, really. Now, those are the sort of nine broad types. There are also subtypes within those, which we are not going to get into. And there's also a thing called wings which uh, a wing is you have one either side of your personality type. Like I mentioned, it's a big circle, Uh, and so your wings are neighbouring types on either side uh, of your main type, and they influence uh, and can complement your main type as well. It helps you to know your motivations sometimes, uh, as well as the stuff that you're maybe procrastinating about, or you're a little bit fearful about. It also helps you understand your patterns of behavior. Why do I seem to keep doing this is a question that the Enneagram might help you get to grips with. It can also help you identify and use your strengths as well. So you can focus on the areas that you're naturally good at. And then if you find those moments where you think, I hate doing this, I never want to show up to do this. It always seems to be a hassle it might give you some understanding as to why that is so that you don't then have to beat yourself up about not doing the hard work or, you know, whatever it is, like whatever that thing is that you don't want to do. It may be because that is part of your personality type, which then means, okay, what can we do about that? Does that mean I can work with someone, collaborate with them if they've got complementary skills that, um, you know, dovetail with mine. And it helps you become aware of your blind spots as well. And, and, you know, work to overcome those. We don't necessarily want to, think about weaknesses but where are your areas for growth so one of the the big things about the enneagram is it's it's like I said it, it's so not about putting you in a box but actually about helping you grow as a person because a lot of what you will get if you do if you go through the typing mechanism and you get a report back it will show you your areas for where you might want to focus on self-improvement or really just Areas to help you be happier and a bit more content, essentially. And it can help you find creative blocks um, and develop strategies to overcome them. Because, again, if you find that your personality lends itself to certain things or does not lend itself to certain things, certain aspects within your work, you might find, yeah, I'm trying to express this idea in this particular way and it doesn't seem to be working. That might be because it doesn't meet a need that I have that I can now connect with and I can ask myself, okay, what's another way of meeting that need? What's another way of expressing this thing that it is that I want to express? And then it helps us learn about the perspectives and the motivations of other people because part of what this will do is is help you sort of think, am I going to gel well with this person or are there going to be areas where we butt up against each other because this person's really driven in this area and it's not something I care about, but it also, are there areas of friction there that we might have because we are we just come at things slightly differently. We have a slightly different worldview. So one last time, then it is not here to tell you what you can and can't do, but it's a great way of helping you work with other people. So if you want to start getting this, uh, getting this on its feet, we'll talk about that uh, in a little bit more detail in just a couple of minutes. But of course, the 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 way forward here is to take an enneagram test and there are all sorts available and i'm going to point you towards one i'm not going to point you towards a free one and i'll talk about why and so uh but it is something that if this has piqued your interest it might be worth you checking out So, uh, today, we have an extra shot. That is a thing that I want to tell you about that I think is cool, and uh, it's just launched, actually. If you're in the world of podcasting, you might want to check out the Podcast Marketing Trends Explained podcast. It's a bit of a mouthful, but there is a link in the show notes, so you can go and subscribe. It's presented by Justin uh, from Transistor, who's the company that hosts this podcast. I like them very much. I like Justin. I like the team there. They're brilliant. I'm a big fan uh, of them as my podcast hosting provider. Uh, That's where all my audio lives. And, co-hosted by Jeremy from the Podcast Marketing Academy. I mentioned Jeremy a couple of times actually recently. He's a very good egg. I'm part of uh, his community and the whole podcast just gives you sane advice about what podcast marketing is like from mostly from the sort of smaller end the 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 big bit of the iceberg. Uh, that's under the sea that we don't see. Jeremy and Justin are really good at uh, that because they come at it from, you know, one guy has got access to thousands, tens upon thousands of, of podcasts that are hosted on his platform. And so he knows this stuff. And then we've got Jeremy, who's got these years of marketing experience, who works one-on-one with podcasters. So it's, it's a really, really nice uh, gelling of the two. So yeah, podcast marketing trends explained. Go check it out. And if you have something that you'd like to tell me about that you think uh, other morning creative people might enjoy then mark at morningcreative.fm is my email address that is how you can get in touch with me you can also do it via lots of different means as did dan hammond um dan uh, left a comment uh, about episode 56 which is all about finding wisdom outside of ted talks and also perhaps from people that you might otherwise disagree with uh and he says I'm quite proud of myself that I sometimes quote Elon Musk on some smart things he said when most of what he says is in opposition to everything I believe to be true. Okay, it took some gold panning, but I found some valuable nuggets. Um, So as I said, if you've got anything that uh, you want to tell me about, uh, discuss, disagree with, uh, add comments on, at Hello steadman. pretty much everywhere on the socials. That's how you can find me. So before we get out of here then, if you do just one thing today, then have a look at taking an Enneagram test. If I've given you any kind of, uh, if I've piqued your interest at all, it is worth doing because if you are even a little bit kind of introspective or you're interested in areas that you might be able to grow, you know, if you feel like, you know what, I'm done, I'm baked, I'm good, then that's fine. But if you feel like you want to explore things a little bit, then the one that I would recommend for now is the uh, RETI, R-H-E-T-I test. Uh, it costs $12. And it's something that I think you can treat as the start of your journey, really, to to then uncover more about yourself. Because you might then want to sit and work with someone who, who will possibly give you the same result. They might even give you a slightly different result, but it's a really good place to start. The reason I went with uh, a paid test uh, is because it's really, really hard to trust, not just the uh, efficacy of some of these other free tests, but also the privacy aspect. What are they going to do with your data? What are you going to get signed up for, especially when it's to do with personality? Do you want an email address and a cookie assigned with a per- like? You don't want that. Whereas the incentive for someone who's charging you $12, like their incentive is to get your $12, not necessarily to sell your data to anyone else. So that would be my recommendation. There's lots of other tests. You can Google around and, and find what, what feels interesting to you, but be very careful about the free ones. That would be my advice. Well, thank you very much for spending uh, the last bit of time with me. I hope that uh, you found something interesting there that uh, you might want to look into. So next time then, we're going to look at the three elements of trust and why that is really, really cool uh, for creative work. So until then, have a fantastic day. You're brilliant, and I'll speak to you tomorrow.